Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps, Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Yo, what's going on, Amp? What's up, dog? Welcome in. It is Monday, August 28, 2023, and this is Snaps. Uh, one of your favorite, or maybe even your favorite, daily college football uh, podcast and show, and we have actual football to react to today. That's right. What a day, Aaron Murray. Blessed are those who wait. As we uh, we have week zero, some big names playing. We'll get into all of it. Our week zero overreactions, of which I have many. You can tell me where I'm right and uh, where I'm wrong. But uh, just a great time on Saturday watching football being played. Excited here. How are we feeling here? You and JD did a great job Saturday night with a little snaps reaction show. Yeah, I miss you though. I miss the the, the drunken late night yeah. T Bob. I can't wait for. I guess it's not going to happen this Saturday because you'll still be sober. We have to wait till possibly Sunday night. We'll do like a post FSU LSU. No, game. no, 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 no. Because I have to do LSU post game. So I think uh, we will do this Saturday after right. the um, after the games. We should do a show this Saturday. Yeah, not at the saying, like, I, I don't know how. Like I don't know if the fans are going to get the full Saturday night T Bob because you're not doing the, the your, your normal no. post game. At the cigar bar, but whatever. Regardless, I'm excited. I mean, I uh, can get drunk. Like if that's what you want, like it's not like it's an true. issue. I'm I'm pretty good at it. Okay. I've been I've been, I've been uh, practicing it for 20 years now, pretty much. Uh, yeah. got a lot of time. You know how Malcolm Gladwell talks about your 10,000 hours. I've got my 10,000 hours when it comes to consuming alcohol. I'll just okay. say that. Well, well I'm, I'm um, excited to be back with you on Saturday night. But yes, it was fun. Uh, fun show on Saturday. So if you missed that, uh, JD Pickell and myself. I'm glad I like watched a YouTube video before to make sure I pronounced his last name right because I thought it was like Pickle, Picknell, Picknell, Picknell. It's Pickel, Pickel. Huh. Well, uh, very how nice. about you? Rolls off the tongue nicely. React to some of these weeks here overreactions, but before we get there, we'll start with the YouTube.com uh, slash at Volume Snaps comment of the day. The opening comment: Kevin Finnerty says, "So this is what Aaron Murray is doing." I always thought he was going to make a good pro. What happened with three <laughs> questions? <laughs> Fuck you. I didn't make it Curry. straight up. I, I, I didn't make it to be a pro. So I will answer the first part. I was a pro. Yeah. It just was yeah. for a cup of coffee. Like we, you know, for everyone who was only like two or three years 
we like to say it was. For no, a that's cup of longer coffee. than a cup of coffee, dude. Two or three years is longer than a cup of coffee. Uh, I don't. You know, can call man. it a temp worker or something. No, a cup of coffee is I what I did. You don't, it's not like you don't make months. the three. If you don't make the three games or three years, three games to to get the pension, uh, it's considered a cup of coffee. Okay, so I missed okay, it by three well, games. So yeah, it was a cup I'll, of coffee. I'll give Maybe you two. more than that. Uh, but yeah, all roads, you know, it's like Rascal Flat says, you know, God has blessed a broken road that led me here to you. So any setbacks in your life had led you to where you are right now, which is hosting a show with all SEC coaches team, honorable mention utility offensive lineman, T-Bob Aver. Does the NFL sound that tight compared to that? Absolutely not. Okay. Because here on snaps, what do we do? We take and we talk college football and my God. Was it a fun week zero of college football? And look, we're going to talk about Georgia three-peating. Uh, Aaron is fired up. The universe seems to be turning on Georgia, believing in Alabama. It's kind of funny to watch the same things that I've been telling you about Georgia for months now be bandied about by all the national experts and analysts. So, uh, you know, Aaron, I, I hate to say that I've, um, you know, kind of started a lot of this, but here we are. Um, and, and, and so we'll discuss that as well, but let's get to week zero. Let's get to actual football. Uh, I've got overreactions and I want to know you to answer me if I'm, if I'm wrong or right here. I mean, my first week zero overreaction, Sam Hartman is the best Notre Dame quarterback since Joe Montana. True or false? Yeah. How about that? Best looking quarterback since Joe Montana. That's for damn sure. I could throw that one out there. I mean, Brady so you're Quinn's saying, strong, but hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, because Brady Quinn may have both of those. Like, let's not forget Brady Quinn was a pretty damn good quarterback and, and, uh, and also a very good looking quarterback himself in his own right. So, uh, I got to see more. I got to see more than just a one week wow. versus Navy to, to say that he goes above Brady Quinn and in, in the, the hierarchy of, of Notre Dame quarterback lore. So, you beat, uh, beat USC Ohio State. You you put them in the playoff. I'll I'll maybe grant you that you know best since Joe Montana. Okay, here's the deal with Sam Hartman, and um, that's fine. You know these are called overreactions for a reason. But uh, look, I love the final stat line. Right, it's about as yeah. chat of a stat line as you're going to find. Nineteen to twenty three, two fifty one, four touchdowns, no picks, just a pitch perfect, clean stat line there. But the Sam Hartman effect to me goes so far beyond the stat line. It's the intangibles, right? Yeah. The only way that you show the mastery, the full mastery and control of an offense in the way that Hartman did is if you have that, that unteachable QB1 belief and confidence. The very thing that I doubt about Carson Beck, he, Sam Hartman has it in space. Like to show up in January, Jesus whenever Christ. he transfers, to show up in January and to be at a new school, new culture, new coaches, new teammates, new offense. And I mean, like a completely new offense coming from the slow mesh, something that nobody else does to show up in January and then against Navy. A team that was pretty frisky against you last year, a game that ends with you only winning by seven against Navy to come out and to cool, calm, and collected lead five touchdown drives out the gate. Again, not just the stats, but the feeling, how it opened up the yep. run game, just the overall calm and control. Like that was the most impressive part to me the intangibles, the toughness to stay in there and take the big hit while still delivering the touchdown. Sam well, listen, Hartman was fantastic. He was fantastic. There's no doubt about it. He brings a sense of, of calmness to the position for Notre Dame. He brings a sense of confidence for Notre Dame fans and I think for the football team too. But he really didn't get touched. Like you go back and watch it, man. Like he was sitting there pretty three-step drop, five-step drop, hit the back foot, let it rip, one, two hitches, throw it down the field. His offensive line was dominant. Like it was, it was as for how good he played. That offensive line looked even better, and which should give Notre Dame fans also confidence so that they can handle and hang with a USC team that we're going to get into as well that maybe didn't look as dominant as we thought they could in week one versus a lesser opponent, could possibly you know hang with Ohio State and protect Sam Hartman there. So I want to give the big boys credit first. They set them up for success because you and I both know this. If you're able to run the football, if you're yep. able to dominate the line of scrimmage, you're going to give a guy like Sam Hartman time in the pocket. And, and he's, and, and, and you brought the point of it's a brand new offense. It is a new offense, 
But playing the quarterback positions, playing the quarterback position, can you play pitch and catch? Can you do a uh, three set drop or a five set drop? The slow and mesh? The I mean, the slow mesh is unlike anything else in football. I, I know it is, but he, the, there are certain quarterbacks that are um, that need to be in certain offenses, system quote unquote system quarterbacks. Yeah, he's good enough where he doesn't need to be. Did did he benefit from being at Wake Forest in that system? Yeah, I think most quarterbacks would benefit from it. Is he a quarterback that doesn't necessarily need it? No, I don't think he needs it. From watching what he did for three years, seeing him up close and personal last year, he's a really good quarterback. Why? Because he has great footwork. He's athletic. He has the arm strength. He can throw with anticipation. You saw all of that even inside a kooky-ass offense at Wake Forest. So I knew he could make the transition. He's a veteran quarterback. He's a mature quarterback. He's older. Um, so I'm not surprised he went out there week one and had success. But once again, it's the offensive line to me that I have more confidence in that this team will go as that offensive line goes. Well, we already knew the O-line was good. I mean, last year when they got good is when they said F it and just started running the ball. Yeah. Like, like remember, like that when they were trying to throw it, they, so, so that's why Hartman is so dangerous because the offensive line wasn't the missing piece. Uh, oh, yeah. The quarterback was, and now they have that. And I don't know, Aaron, you go back and, I mean, I look, it's impossible to have a clean sheet, but, like, you look at that touchdown up the seam, maybe it was the second one. Um, I mean, he gets hit low as he's releasing that yeah. ball, and he still delivers. He stands I'm not tall. Saying get hit. I'm just saying the offense line dictated the football game. Um, 31 straight games with a touchdown throw for Sam Hartman. Longest active stretch at FPS. All right, second major overreaction. Notre Dame will make the playoff. So, so for in order for Notre Dame to make the playoff, yep. and the, the schedule sets up nicely. Like it's a tough schedule. It is a it's tough schedule, enough. but you do get Ohio State at home. Yep. You get USC at home. Yep. Uh, the one tough road environment you're gonna have to go to is at is at Clemson. So, so you have three games versus top ten teams. Like that's that's a grind, and and I don't think you have to win all three. I think if you can win two of those three, you're in. And it doesn't yep. matter which two at all. Well, like, you're definitely you winning USC. Three, no in. doubt about that. No doubt about that. You're winning SC. That's a wrap. We'll talk about it in a second. Fucking the Trojans suck all over again. Um, so they're yeah. good enough to beat. They're good enough to beat one of the other two. So I don't yeah. think that's an overreaction at all. I think I think Sam Hartman once again brings a confidence to the entire football team, both sides of the football. That's the power of the quarterback position. You get a guy, it affects the entire football team. Mm -hmm. So. Can they beat two of those three teams a hundred percent? And the fact they get two of those three at home and 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 you know how I feel about Clemson heading into the season anyways. I think I think there's a lot for me that needs to be proven for the Tigers before I feel like they uh are gonna be an eleven one or twelve and football team. Uh that's a winnable game, even on the road. So overreaction scale, I would not say that's an overreaction at all. Yes, let's go, dude. Uh and and look, I I said it going into the weekend, right? Notre Dame, uh, as, as we're going to get to with USC, this was a weekend where you're either going to crank up that hype train or you were just going to cause negativity to affect the program. All of a sudden, Marcus Freeman's riding hot today, feeling good. Irish fans flew all the way over to Ireland. They enjoyed all their Guinness and everything else and all the festivities, and then they watched their team put quarterback play that hasn't been out there since 2006. It's a great Monday to be a Notre Dame fighting Irish fan. Marcus Freeman, Feels like an elite coach. A defense that struggled to stop Navy last year holds him to just 169 total yards. You have the quarterback. And again, the improvement from the Navy game last year to the Navy game this year. How could you not be ecstatic if you're a Notre Dame football fan? So just a great weekend for the Irish. Um, not so much for the USC Trojans. Uh, my week zero overreaction, I would have Lane Kiffin, Alex Grinch, Overreaction or not, Aaron Murray, uh, Alex Grinch should have been fired in the Coliseum before the team left the field. <laughs> I would say this is an overreaction. Is does did the defense look like they improved much from last year? Not not a ton. No, not a ton at not all. Not at all. I think is what you were looking for. But yes, not not at all. And I let me let me kind of give a couple points here. One, San Jose State has a a, a great head coach. A Siobhan looked really good at the quarterback position. Um, this wasn't a terrible team. This wasn't like you look at the SEC slate this weekend and some of the teams the SEC is playing, you're like, wow, like, come on. Like San Jose State is is not to that level. So you were playing a little they bit were better. Seven and five last year. Seven and five. 
not in 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 a Mountain West conference. Once again, you're not you're not playing Middle Tennessee or some of these other teams that the SEC is playing. So I will say that wasn't wasn't a horrendous opponent. T Bob was not a horrendous opponent. Second, look at the look at the stat sheet. Played 22 guys on defense. I think they're still working the system. I think they're figuring out the pieces. Who's going to fit where? Who's going to play when? This was essentially uh, a preseason game for USC where they never really thought they were going to feel threatened. They went into the to the with it, the mindset of we're going to play a lot of game, a lot of players, see what sticks, throw it on the wall, see what sticks, and we have six weeks to essentially do that. Their schedule is 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 it's backloaded. I mean, they can essentially continue to play a lot of guys, build depth, hopefully gain confidence versus Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona, and 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 the goal being we need to be prepared for Notre Dame on October 14th. So I think they're I think they're still figuring out. I think they have better pieces than they did last year, which gives me confidence. And like I said, this entire offseason, I don't need this team to be elite. I don't. I need this team on defense just to be a little bit better than they were last year. So the fact that they They look the same with all those new pieces week one, I think you will see a small improvement throughout the season. And that's all I'm asking for. Just give me a small improvement with how good that offense looks. I think it's an overreaction on your part that they're not going to be a team that can contend. Uh, well, no, I said I would have fired Alex Grinch, uh, but that is, that is one of the other ones, right? The, the, yeah. the, the fourth best team in the PAC 12, we can get there. Uh, you should have read Plasky's piece in the LA times here. Bill Plasky's headline reads USC wins its opener, but there's no defense for its damn defense. Yeah. And you just tried to offer up a USC level defense of that awful defense, uh, 396 yards to seven and five San Jose State, but more importantly, contextually, a 72-yard touchdown drive to end the first quarter and tie the game at 7-7. Right after you go up 21-7 with mere seconds remaining in the first half, you allowed a touchdown drive at the end of the first half to make it 21-14, a 75-yard touchdown drive to end the third quarter, a four-play 85-yard touchdown drive to end the game. Fucking disgusting. And you mentioned the new players. Mason Cobb from OK State, two TFLs. Anthony Lucas from AM, two TFLs. Bear Alexander, half a sack. What did it mean? Not shit. Okay. So if the new players aren't getting it done, you got to go back to Grinch. And I love this from the LA Times piece where uh, Plashke immediately asks Lincoln Riley about Alex Grinch. And here's what uh, Riley had. To- I'll read the whole excerpt that I highlighted here. Afterward, Coach Lincoln Riley. Surely weary of defending his pal Grinch displayed equal parts resignation and frustration, and this once again is an issue. I asked him if he was already concerned about the defense. He sighed. Quote, here we go again. Everybody's going to write that narrative after the first game. Listen, it's going to be a climb. It's going to be a climb. End of excerpt. Here's the fucking problem, Lincoln. It's not a narrative. It's just not a screenwriter. It's not fantasy that some author is trying to cook up, okay? It is just you. It is what you are doing. You are writing the narrative. If the defense was good, nobody would be fucking talking about it. Like, this idea that they're being somehow persecuted by the media for shitty defense, play better defense. I talk about it all the time. Football's one of the last remaining meritocracies, uh, like, in our culture, right? And what I mean by that is uh, you, you get what you deserve. Right. I mean, I think we've all, you know, this, this myth of America, you work hard, you're always going to be successful. That's not fucking true. You know, what is true. You win football games and people are going to write positively about you. If you perform well, nobody can go out of their way to shit on you. So nobody's going out of their way to create some narrative. The defense looked awful after an offseason of promising better results. And then the answers of the post game were the exact same answers that you heard all of last year. And, and, and I love the sigh from Lincoln Riley because it's a sigh that was representative of how the Coliseum felt as that entire crowd was pissed off and frustrated and bored as that USC team did not look like a contender. It looked all right. Uh, Zachariah Branch was awesome. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Maybe yeah. the second coming. The, the, offense, the offense is the offense. The offense has a chance to be better than they were last year. Caleb Williams looked like Caleb Williams of last year and, and, there's going to be moments this year where he looks even better. He's 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 a third year in the system. Um, he will be great. Marshawn Lloyd, I thought looked really good running the football. The former South Carolina running back. That's a great addition. 
Taj Washington's going to be a stud. You said Zachariah Branch is an absolute stud at the, at the running or the receiver position as well. Like this offense will be able to score points with anyone, with anyone in the country. Just, That's just not the I'm I'm going to wait to pass problem. judgment on this defense until until that Notre Dame game. Like this is to me, this is a he said it, this is a slow build. In a slow grind until October fourteenth, and that's it. Like if, if if that's that is that is the moment of truth right there for me. Must be because they're not going to lose. I don't care how good or bad the defense looks in the next five weeks, they're going to win every single game. They will beat six and zero as they get ready to go to Notre Dame. Six and you, you, you have six weeks, including a bye, to figure it out on defense, Alex Grinch. And in that case, then yes, I'm with you. If 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 they shit the bed. And Sam Hartman throws five touchdowns, and Notre Dame puts up forty-five points. He ain't going to be back the next year. Six weeks to figure it out. On top of how many years? On top of how many years? The construction of this defense seems to be operating at the same way. Six more weeks. He's got this nut cutting time, T. Bob. It's nut cutting time right now. Alex, you got six weeks to figure out how to handle this defense, how to figure out your new personnel, how to get guys confidence. How to continue to tackle better? Um, Shut the get fuck some turnovers up! Like you did spout, last year. You spout another cliche at me in this run of cliches that you just hit run me it, with. I'm gonna keep it coming. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be the, furious. I'm, I'm I'm gonna defend the petite Trojan boys until they fail me. Till they fail uh, me. Look, they have I, not failed me. They're one and zero right now. They have not. I feel burned. Me. I feel burned. I've been defending them, and I feel burned. Which maybe that's where some of my anger says. Like I said, I we mentioned it last week, right? Hell hath no fury like a sports analyst scorned. And I feel like I defended Grinch and the personnel transfers, and it just looked like the same old stinky pile of crap that USC fans were treated to last year. I will say this, my one out that I feel great about, I have told you throughout the offseason, my heart is with Washington, feeling better than ever about Washington and Oregon. Okay? Uh, about Oregon. anybody not – USC overreaction, fourth best team in the Pac-12. Okay? Who's the third? Uh, Utah. Washington, yeah, Oregon, Utah, Utah, team, Utah, Utah team will get into this eventually this week. Utah team, that's probably going to go 0 and 1 to start the season off. Why? You think they're going to lose to Florida? I do think they're going to lose to Florida. I do think they're going to lose to Florida. Oh, there's a take. Um, I'm kind of sneaky. I don't really think that's for... a big take. I, Cam Rising will not play this week. Oh, I just assumed that he was. I haven't looked into it yet. He's, he's seven weeks post ACL or seven months. There's yeah. no. I played no way in hell. four months post ACL. Like you can play, yeah, you can absolutely play seven months. You can play, ACL. not not to the effect. I'm saying you're 100, but you can fucking play, dude. Oh no, yeah, you can play. Quarterback, well, quarterbacks don't do shit anyway. You just stand there and throw the ball, like you said, pitch and catch, right? That's what you just said five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, until until you talked about you know Sam Hartman did get hit a little bit low during that game with Notre Dame That's this true. past weekend. And and to be fair, Caleb Williams, I know I'm sorry that I just spent this whole time shitting on the USC defense, but I was someone who w- was a believer, and it just felt like being. You know, like I was sold snake oil, but um, but Caleb Williams remains awesome. The the fumbled yeah. snap into ninety six yard touchdown was uh, I mean, not many people can just rocket it off the back foot without even like a good grip on the football like that. That was pretty dumb. It was that. It was the third down conversions on third and long situations, throwing seeds into the seam on on four vertical plays. J Lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. J-Labs joins the action and connects with 182 million-plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. 
Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who wins I, week six when USC goes to South Bend? You know uh, the answer. You know the answer. I mean, we're, we're, we're not, I mean, we're going to know more about In Notre South Dame Bend. before then because they, they have some legitimate opponents. They play Ohio State. Three weeks before that, they're at Duke, at Louisville, which are two, you know, two two good football teams heading into the season, the ACC. So I think we'll know more and have more confidence of what the Fighting Irish will look like. Uh, but if I had to say, like, if these two teams are playing next week, who do I think wins the football game? I would put my money on Notre Dame to win the football game. Yeah, it feels like a way more complete team. Yeah. Uh, and one who, I mean, again, you mentioned earlier, most important position in the game, you know, the queen if you will, if you like chess and you want to go by values there, uh, when you don't have that guy, it's debilitating. But when you do, it's like manna from heaven. And right now, Irish fans have got to be feeling like they were walking around fucking eating like desert lizards. And all of a sudden, they got the land of milk and honey flowing from Sam Hartman. Uh, just a great time. Well, I think the difference great with Monday. Notre Dame is you have, you have a defensive-minded head coach who is – one of the best defensive minds in, in college football. I mean, mm -hmm. Marcus Freeman's a stud. There's a reason why that he's been promoted to head coach at Notre Dame at such a young age. Like they, people saw it years ago that this guy was going to climb the ladder fast because of he could take care of one side of the football and he get guys to rally around him. Like remember when he got named the head coach, the team went crazy. They went berserk. Yeah, they they wanted him. So he's got the 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 defensive side on lock like that defense will be good go back to what they did even last year versus ohio state mm -hmm. and how they they handled ohio state's offense defense will be really good as always they will always be good when marcus freeman is head coach and now you do have them missing piece on offense um you know i i, I do question like what, what the receivers will look like against a, a, a decent defense what will the running backs look like versus a de decent defense but Quarterback O line, you got those two pieces of an offense You're that good. answers a lot of questions going forward. So, yeah, I agree with you, man. It's a complete team, and people are going to get mad and say, don't overreact because it's Navy. You and I have played offense, and you and I know how hard it is, even on air, to look that good in week one. Yeah, that's, that's what the difference. So it's, like not, it's not the opponent, it's when you watch how well and how well of an oiled machine that team looks in week one. 
exactly. with an offensive coordinator that got hired in February, with a quarterback that you alluded to that showed up in January. Like this is just a start for Notre Dame's offense. This offense will continue to get better. That's what I'm saying, dude. And that's why that was the most impressive part to me. It's uh yeah, it's it's it was it was a statement. I wow, that was an empty statement because I forgot what I was gonna say. And so I was just trying to fill it with something, but but yes, your point stands, and I agree 100 percent Uh other weeks here takeaways, maybe a little bit of a smidge. Brum's gonna have an aneurysm, maybe a little bit of smidge on Vanderbilt. Um I think I wanted a little more. Glad the doors yeah. got the win. Uh, truly awful at running the ball. AJ Swan looked all right though. But, AJ um, Swan looked great. I feel I feel damn good. Well, I know, but I get worried about like they 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 feel like they're going to be forced to be very one dimensional yeah, this year, funny. and that's going to fuck him a little bit. Uh, but but Vandy got the, look, the you, thought, you got the thought the of them. Heck yeah, the dude, thought of them job. making a bowl game. The thought of them making a bowl nah. game post that game significantly went down in my books. Like yes. I went into the season saying, I think this team could get to five wins. They think they could push. If they could find a way to split Kentucky and Missouri and win one of those, then they could push the, to possibly get to six. But after watching that, no chance. Sorry. Okay. Bro. Relax, Brum. Relax. Investor. They, Vanderbilt's in Nashville. It's a, it's a huge market right now. A lot yeah. of excitement in that city. Yeah. Come on. Uh, investor confidence right now exploded on Notre Dame after the weekend, fell off hard on USC, even though people like Aaron are telling you to hold, don't sell. And, um, and, and with Vandy, it fell off a bit as well, though. Nobody really cared about the stock to begin with. Uh, so there it is your week and anything from week zero that I didn't mention, Aaron. Uh, I get it to an appetizer. I I would have loved some better football. On week oh, zero. shut up. Shut up. Honest. You're like, you're like Dudley in the first Harry Potter. 36. Last year, I had 38 presents. Oh, yeah, Don't worry, Dudley. We'll get, we'll get you three more at the zoo. Uh, get out of here. Be happy with I what you more. have. I want more. Um, Give me more. Uh, okay, I will. Uh, I'm going to give you more takes. Uh, I was watching college game day on Saturday, which, uh, you know, I, I guess I always watch college game day just out of the corner of my eye. Like I never really sit down and fully lock in. So I was interested to see would it feel any different with all the changes it make. Didn't feel any different. Still felt great, fun, you know, whatever. Zoom, yeah. like do stuff around the house, kind of watch for a second, back off for a second. Uh, but in that, they got into their NCAA previews. And we should have this picture ready to go, bro. Maybe you can find it. But um, a screen grab that you tweeted out, Aaron that had all of the college football game day members. So who is it? Herbie, um, Desmond, I guess uh, McPhee was in on this now. Uh, everybody choosing Alabama, not Georgia, not LSU, but the Alabama Crimson Tide to win the SEC. Kirby Smart once again proven right. The doubters are everywhere. They think Georgia's going to be awful, but look at that, Des, Pat, and Kirk all going with Alabama as the SEC champion. How does that make you feel? Uh, I'm sure Kirby loves it right now. I mean, this mm -hmm. is all the ammunition he needs to to uh, continue to to build some bolts and board material for his team. Um, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, are we trying to get into our whole, uh, is, is Alabama overrated? Are we getting to that right now? Do we, do we, are we ready for my overreaction? I'm, 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 I'm glad that you just completely peeled off the emperor's clothes and let everybody see behind the curtains. Cause yes, that's literally exactly what I was trying to set you up for. That's why I, I asked you, how does it make you feel? You brought it up. <laughs> I brought the picture. I thought we were really <laughs> moving in the right direction. I, that, 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 I still, I think I'm still. How did you play court? Okay. I'm just flabbergasted by, by Aaron, do you think Alabama's overrated going into the season? Three, two, one. <laughs> Go. All right. You can edit this, Bromley. You're, you're a magician with it all. Yeah, uh, I'm giving myself uh, an edit point for myself. <laughs> Boom. I am, I am, I am, I am dumbfounded by by this entire thing of, of Alabama. And I went back and just wanted to make sure that I understood Alabama's roster heading into the season. So I went back, looked at last year's roster, looked at this year's roster, just kind of retook some notes of what they're missing from last year, a team that greatly underachieved. Well, this is what you're missing. Uh, the greatest quarterback in Alabama history, Bryce Young. Uh, you're missing Mr. Do-It-All, Jameer Gibbs at running back. Guy, that was your best weapon. Running mm -hmm. the football, catching out of the backfield, matchup, absolute nightmare. You lose him. Let's flip over to defense. 
you're, you're losing your top five tacklers from the year before, seven of your top 10 tacklers from the year before. Guys like Will Anderson, Brian Branch, who was maybe to me the biggest playmaker on that defense last year, Henry Toto, leader at the linebacking position, DeMarco Hems, Jordan Battle. Like There is so much gone from a good team last year that underachieved that we just think with two new coordinators, a, a shift in the identity of an offense, a still ongoing quarterback battle, that this team's somehow going to win a national championship. Hell yeah. I don't get it. Like, what am I missing? What am I missing? Nick Saban. This is a complete rebuilding year for Alabama. This is the year where they take all that youth, that new identity on offense, and they build around it, and they build confidence, and they go 10-2, and two, and then next year we're saying, oh my God, Alabama's returning both sides of the football, both coordinators, an experienced quarterback. This is Alabama's year to now get back to winning a national championship. Like That's the narrative. I don't understand how you can feel confident with all those players that I just lifted, listed off that are gone from this football team, that you can say that with that youth and that inexperience that this team is going to win a national championship this year. The Crimson Emperor is powerful indeed, Aaron Murray. And you seem to just be seeing that now because um, people are dumb. Look, changing people's minds uh, when it comes to sports, maybe especially when you're talking about someone that's established the consistency of a Nick Saban, it's like uh, I always think about it like this way. Like I have a couple of buddies who are riverboat pilots, right? So they have these massive, massive ships full of, you know, like millions upon millions of dollars worth of shipping goods on these things. And they have to navigate them through these uh through these channels think about those boats are if you fuck up you can't just whip that thing like you can't just turn that thing and and correct course right so there's very slow turns in the same way it's tough for people to to change their mind on this place that we have seen be the model of consistency through the years and 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 i need to go back and do a deep dive on it I, i'm just deciding whether or not i, I care enough to um, but I feel like a, there's been a couple times where Alabama's like maybe some of the teams that we thought were going to be their best ended up not getting it done. And the teams that we were kind of overlooking ended up winning a national championship. Like, did Jake Coker win a national championship? Am I crazy? Am I making that up? Or is he one of the ones that lost? But see, that's kind of the point. It's like you they, they've won so many and so much that it's almost interchangeable. Like all the pieces yeah, start but, to meld into one an giant era, that, was an era, that was an era where Alabama was just so much better than everyone else. I think the problem is now there are more elite teams in college football than they were then. So that's what I was going like to get to. There are more maybe. teams with, with the same or similar talent to Alabama this year. So again, yes, but no, right? Yes, I, but no. Like, yes, but then at the same time, they're the only one at 90% blue chip ratio. No, I get that. Right? Like, like, like they're, 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 they, they a lot of that 90% the best is, is inexperience. I know, yeah, but, but they still a lot have of inexperience. Yeah, but you combine the best players with Nick Saban with the, the benefit of the doubt thing that I'm getting at here. There's been like, like, I still think when I think Seattle Seahawks, I still think Legion of Boom. They've been yeah. awful defensively for years now. Or they've, been, they've been waffling, right? I, I think they were actually pretty good last year at Tariq and all that. But the point is, I still think, oh, yeah, that's like Richard Sherman and fucking Cam Chancellor. Like, because that's how they got burned into my brain in that same way Alabama has burned in. And, 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 and again, what's hurting Georgia in all of this is simply the whole idea of Georgia's attempting to do something that Alabama's never done, attempting to do something that nobody's ever done. Um, and that's win three in a row. So I, I think a combination. Well, this of isn't a Georgia versus Alabama conversation. It is though. It is though. It is, it is somewhat. But I, I, I still, you know how I feel about LSU. I've said it many times yeah. on the show. Like there's still obstacles in Alabama's way before we can just say they're even gonna get get an opportunity at the big bad Georgia. There are plenty of obstacles in their way. LSU being one. I think A and M's a team that's obviously given them fits the past few years, and I think this is a the best A and M team of those three years. Like if we want to say Alabama in a nutshell over three years, how you would rank those three teams based on heading into the season, I would say this is probably the third least talented, least experienced, least confident team I feel of the three years of Alabama football. 
if that makes sense. If I had to rank yeah. them, this would probably be three. For AM, it's the complete opposite. This is probably the most confidence I do feel in AM heading into a season. And AM has had their number for the past two years. Not completely, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, no, 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 yes. No. So they, like they, there's plenty of obstacles in Alabama's way this year before they even think about getting an opportunity against Georgia. But you're not going to give AM or LSU the benefit of the doubt over Alabama, nor should you. Um, if you're trying to play it safe, if you're trying to play it safe, right. If you're looking for a little heat, I mean, we talked about it like objectively on paper. Sure. You can make those arguments. Right. Uh, but when it comes to these national guys that have seen it for a couple decades, average, somebody like Herbie, that's been on this show forever. You probably start to feel that look in the end, the answers to the test kind of remain the same. Like, right, like no matter what you kind of may be thinking, no matter how creative you've gotten, like look at Des. Des tried to take a shot with his final four last year. What happened? Ended up becoming one. Yeah, of the but his final four was pretty. I mean, his final four was extreme last year. Like that, he went to. That's like, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That was aggressive. Like me saying that LSU is going to win the West is not extreme. They did it That's last true. year. They've done That's it before. Like, like you can still color within the lines without having to go okay. completely Des Des and Howard on everyone. I think the thing that is just more baffling to me of why everyone feels like this is Alabama's year is is obviously they bring up Nick Saban, but they bring up the fact that Nick Saban is pissed. He's more determined yep. than ever. Yep. That's a fucking lie. Nick Saban yep. is determined every single year to win a national championship. Like I don't think Nick Saban's spending any more time preparing for this season than he's done the past three decades of coaching football. The dude wants to win more than anyone else in the world. The dude prepares harder than anyone else in the world. There's a reason people want to go coach at Alabama underneath him, and it is to get the process to see what it takes to be a champion. So, like, I don't think there is like this. There is this more lighting of the fire this year than in years past. You can't tell me two years ago Nick Saban didn't want to win a championship, or last year. Like, I don't buy that. So I agree with you on the Saban front. He will remain as sociopathic and determined as ever, yes. and nothing changes. But it does change with how you motivate players, right? Like, I think back to A.J. McCarron, what he said in 2014 after they lost the Sugar Bowl to Oklahoma, and he's like, look, we got a bunch of cats here that weren't here for the climb. Done lost their way a little bit. You know, they think everything's just going to be fucking handed to them. Sometimes you have these superstar-laden teams that can fall into that trap. It's the old thing I always talk about. Wooden clogs on the way up, silk slippers on the way down. It's the very thing that Georgia has to fight against. And so it's not about Nick Saban having extra motivation. It's about him, instead of having to fight rat poison and find ways to motivate his players, for a lot of this offseason, he's got ample ammo to be like, no, man, they don't believe in you. And remember, he's talking to the most talented team in the country, not the most experienced, but a man-to-man, full-roster basis. He's telling the most talented team in the country Nobody thinks you're good enough. Well, that's a lie Georgia's now, though. New class. And they, those, I'm sure every every single kid in Alabama, Salt, Kurt Herbstreit, and and Pat McAfee, and College Game Day, crown Alabama as the, the best team essentially in the country. So, like that, all that rat poison shit that Saban's been preaching for two two months, three months, that's out the window now because now all of a sudden everyone's picking He's Alabama. still got ample. No, not no, everyone. Every no, no, go no, look no, at no. the responses no. to your tweet, Aaron. Everybody's been showing like screenshots from other outlets, and it's all Georgia. It's all Georgia everywhere. No, no. Uh, Everything I keep seeing from from College Game Day to uh, all these other YouTube shows, it's it's Georgia ain't gonna win the SEC. It's Alabama. It's Alabama. When Kurt Herbstreit puts his rubber stamp on it, it's God spoken. Truth has been spoken out to the world. Kirk is kind of like football God. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Maybe like a John the Baptist. Like he's not divine in himself, but he's kind of clear in the way for said that's, divinity. That's, I mean, hey, that's that, that, that rat poison is it's there, baby. It's back. It's creeped in. All of a sudden, Alabama players slept in a little bit better this weekend. They slept no. good. Dreaming no. of championships. College game day picked us. What's Coach Saban smoking? Yeah, that's the conversation now. Uh, what is the biggest obstacle to UGA three peating there? Like, why are all of a sudden these T, all these analysts, these national analysts that have like Kirk Herbstreit knows football way better than me? Uh, why is he now choosing Alabama over Georgia? What's the biggest? I think, obstacle I think the narrative that you you love to hit on. It's it's only been done once, and 
you know, 90 years the last time it happened. No, but it's so never been done in the AP era. So we're going to say okay. never because it's never done. Okay. In the it's AP never era. been done in the AP era. There you go. So like people are still like, if it's never been done before, obviously it just can't happen. So there's yep, that narrative. Um, obviously now the issues with, with Branson Robinson being banged up before the season even starts, there's a concern mm-hmm. about the running back position. And I, I, that's a legitimate concern. If you're already, if you're already banged up at a position that gets banged up because of the nature of the position during the season, that's not a good sign going forward. So that's a problem. Yeah. And obviously there's a concern of is, is, is to me, is Carson Beck going to be that dude? Like, I think, I, I think it is cause I've watched him closely for three years, but I think the nation still wants to see, is he that dude? Does he have the brass balls that sets and Bennett had? Can he win you? Can he win you a, t- a game in crunch time? That's the, that's the narrative. I think defensively, you can talk about the defense line all you want. There'll be fun. There'll be there'll be an elite defense. This is going to be yeah. a top five unit. Yeah, not worried about defense. It, it it turns into depth concerns at running back, and is Carson Beck? Can he put the team on it? I mean, can extended Carson to Beck Bobo and Beck. It's not just Beck because because oh, that yeah, seems to be too. the other piece that's gaining steam is were are 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 is is Munkin leaving? As much as Bobo, it's really about Munkin. Is, yeah. is, is he's taking on this idea that he was the final piece to the championship, and now that he's gone, can uh, the combination of Beck and Bobo get it done? Yeah. We, I mean, I feel like, dude, I feel like we were kind of in on the ground floor on a lot of these Georgia attacks that I'm now seeing being uh, bandied about. So I don't know. I feel like, look, I, we, we get a ton of stuff wrong, uh, myself mainly. I mean, I thought Brock Bowers was Carson Beck. So who are you picking? Uh, right but now? every now and then. Has, has your you mind know, changed at all of, of SEC? Right. Who's going to be in Atlanta? Um, no, I'm going to be a coward, and I'm just going to say Georgia. I still think Georgia is probably good enough to get through the SEC. Uh, it's come playoff time that I'm not sure about. Uh, and I'm having a little, I'm having a little crisis with LSU as we get here to the season. I don't believe in the secondary. I am too. I need, I need, I need, I need the secondary to uh, prove themselves. The Florida State game is going to tell you a lot. Now that Mason Smith, that doesn't feel good. I mean, appreciate LSU FSU here in week one, uh, because as many have pointed out, this is not an original take. Um, this is the last year that you'll actually have a opening game with this many, th- this much on the line. Because the yeah. loser will not make the playoff. I understand no. it's been that possible, no. but we've talked about the loser will not make it. That will not exist no. next year going forward. It can be a big game. It will it will narrow the margin of error, but it will not eliminate you in the same way. That this game will so no I w- with LSU I just got to see it out of that secondary man and yep. and then and then and then as much benefit of the doubt as I'm getting Jaden and the receivers you still got to see it like I seen Jordan Travis and how good and efficient he could be now I've never seen him do it against the best teams against ranked teams as much but I just want to see it so I'm, I'm having a little waffling of I'm with you man like with I've the been, Tigers here as we enter the year I felt I felt way better a week ago obviously before the entire so what changed with you then. Mason Smith. Mm. Yeah. I mean, in LSU is, is, is improved depth wise everywhere. I mean, Brian Kelly's done a great job in, in, in the year he's been there of building more depth, a team that can compete for, you know, an entire 12 game schedule for the SEC. But you're still talking about a potential top five, top 10 pick in the NFL draft. It's a big yeah. deal. I mean, I'll bring up Georgia again. When Georgia didn't have Jalen last year, it was a difference in that defense. It was a difference in the defensive line. They almost freaking lost on the road to Missouri. And Missouri is not FSU. This isn't a team that a lot of people have favored to win the ACC. So if you can't affect Jordan Travis, who's already a, a mobile quarterback, if you can't affect him, if you can't get him off his spot consistently and make him feel like he's got to get the ball out now with those receivers. Against those DBs. Is against problem, those dude. DBs, I do worry a little bit. And 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 I said I think I said this the other night with JD. Like I think the LSU DBs, they're not they're not walk-ons. These aren't bad DBs. I think there's some questions. I think there's some experience. I think there's there's some growth that needs to happen. I just don't know if that growth is going to be there week one. And the last thing yeah, I want to do is put those guys in a bind where they're having to cover those tall ass receivers for Florida State for five, six seconds. So that that yeah. is my concern. Like I am legitimately concerned now without a, a top five, top 10 pick on that defensive line in the first game of, of in and in a already going to be a tightly close contested game of what the outcome is going to look like now. Call my shot. 10 milli. 
Uh, I'm not sure if, if I think it's going to be average or peak because I care. Last year's LSU Florida State game did seven million viewers. I think average, though. I'd have to double check make sure there wasn't peak. I think this one does ten. We'll see that. Hell yeah! Uh, it's going to be a ton of fun Sunday night. A nice little bow to week one. I mean, how much yeah. fun was today? Football is here. We have actual games to break down. We're going to be bringing you all of it this entire football season right here on Snaps. If you want to help us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at volume snaps. Please, please, please sub, like the videos, help grow the show. Shout out JD Pakel for coming over from uh on three on Saturday and um and 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 helping us out, filling in with Aaron there. Thank you, Aaron, uh, for doing a show. Remember, you can just Google Snaps Podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, rate, review the show. All these things help. And um, a huge thank you to the volume and Papa Colin for allowing us to do this, as well as our fearful or fear, fear, fearless, excuse me, production team. Uh, Ryan Brumley, Chris Tran, Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas. Uh, they are Pat Gunther, the absolute best uh so day one of the football season in the books aaron any thoughts on the way out here it's finally here the long way to wait we, we got foot we had football a little teaser this past weekend but i do think there's enough good week one games obviously t-bob and i'll be Hell breaking yeah. it down all week uh so make sure you hit the subscribe button the like button uh this is our opportunity to keep growing to uh build the show throughout the season so excited to do it with everyone my thoughts are this um first i'm excited for the new episodes of ahsoka i really enjoyed filoni's opener there um the nfl script commercial a comedic subject material that i thought was completely bled dry of any humorous potential the nfl's released official script commercials and they're actually really funny and really good and thirdly uh i'm into mark ingram born joining big noon saturday He's joining Fox's Big Noon Saturday. Um, I guess Richie Bush isn't doing anymore. Nope. But uh, either way, shout out Mark Ingram. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Little SEC guy, right? On on, on the Big Ten. Well, we are, as, as we prepare for the conference wars, you know, the best is the Uba conference. I'm, I'm intrigued to see. So that'll do it for today's show. Uh, again, you already know what to do. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you tomorrow with a brand new episode of Snaps. Shout out Am. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.